Well, welcome to the Estates Made Simple podcast. Uh, my name is Gordon Vanderleek, uh, founder and managing lawyer with Vanderleek Law, and uh, I'm here with my co-host Jenna Carvello with uh, Guardian Estate Company. Welcome, uh, Jenna. Nice to uh, be podcasting again today. Yes, it's a bright and sunny day, so I uh, I'm happy. We started Estates uh, Made Simple as a podcast, uh, really to try to help answer questions and simplify all the rather um, complex areas of estate administration. So thank you for listening in. We hope that we you find some useful information and we give you the right tools to do the job if you're an executor um, or representative of an estate. Obviously, we don't know your particular situation. This doesn't constitute legal or professional advice that requires uh, the establishment of a relationship and a retainer. Uh, so take it as information. Um, if we can help in any way, we're happy to chat with you individually if there's your family situation or the state you're involved with needs some guidance on that. So uh, Jenna, wanna introduce today's topic. Yes, uh, gladly. Um, so today we get to chat about certain considerations when you are appointing an out-of-province executor. Um, so this is a common question that we get from a lot of families. You know, can I appoint my son or daughter who live in another province? Um, the answer is yes, uh, of course you can, but you do have to be aware of certain considerations, specifically around bond requirements, um, which is essentially an insurance policy to the Alberta court, confirming that the executor is not going to you know, take the money and run. Um, so it's just a, you know, a protection for the beneficiaries that uh, that the, the the estate value will remain there if, if the executor is, is able to take the money and, and do something improper with the funds, so to speak. Yeah. So yeah, th thanks for that. And, and I guess to position it on the estate administration process, if you think about it, this is a situation where you're filling out the application um, to the courts to become the legal representative of the estate. And, and uh, as a lawyer, if I'm drafting that and the person is, does not have, is not resident in the province of Alberta, then we have this bonding issue, right? So the surrogate rules have a requirement as you say, that that um, an out-of-province person up making the application has to post a bond. So it can be, um, you can request that it it be waived, uh, but let's start first with, as you say, just to highlight the, you know, what is the reason for that particular rule? And really it's for the protection of the beneficiaries, right? So that, that, that they would otherwise have to go to the other province or state or country to seek redress if there was a problem relating to the administration of the estate. So fundamentally, it's in there for the protection of the beneficiaries. Now, it doesn't come up often, but when it does come up, it can pose a real problem. In particular, there could be a bunch of costs. Now, it varies probably from one company to the other, but it would be going to the bonding requirement Maybe you think of it like almost like on the, in a construction scenario, right? That maybe a contractor has to get bonded, but you would go to an insurance company and say, "Listen, I need to post this bond to get this application through through the courts um, because I don't live in Alberta, and that's and that's a requirement." So a couple of things. One is often. You, you can request the court to waive it, and they will look at a number of different factors for for waiving it. One would be um, the overall size of the estate. What are we what are, what are we talking about here in terms of some potential harm? Secondly, um, a common way to or a common requirement for asking the court to waive the bond would be the consent of the beneficiaries. So if all if everybody who could be negatively affected by something go going wrong could say no, we don't require the bond. 
right? Uh, in in that situation, and if if they sign, there's a, a specific surrogate form uh, that can be completed to waive the requirements for the bond. If all the beneficiaries agree to that, then you can make that application. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you have to ask the court to waive it. And if you don't have unanimous consent, well, now this is a contentious issue which could derail or affect the whole probate process or the, the application for a grant of administration. So it can become an issue which hopefully you can plan around, but could be a problem in the context of uh, an intestacy. So somebody dying without a will and dealing with a situation right now where there's you know six siblings and they all reside outside of province. The, the, the fellow who was in Alberta was the one who died. And mm -hmm. so nobody is is present uh, in the province. And now we have to run around and get and get these forms signed, which, um, you know, which has been delaying things, uh, just getting everybody on board and and getting those forms filled out have to be signed in front of a lawyer. And so now everybody's got to go to a lawyer and then they get a bill from the lawyer to do it. And it just it all could have been avoided had the person had a will appointing somebody local to be able to to be able to do do the work. So that's. The, the benefits of planning around it would be you're avoiding the cost. I know in one situation a few years ago, we were getting a quote of something in the range of sort of 0.3 to 0.5. So there's kind of a variation. The company's going to look at the risk involved and the complexity. What are the nature, you know, how, how big of an estate is it? What are the types of assets that are under administration? Um, they're going to factor in and assessing risk, and that may affect the premium that's paid. But in general, you know, it's not a trivial amount of money. Uh, we're into the thousands of dollars and could be into the tens of thousands, which is going to reduce the amount available for beneficiaries. So, but hopefully you can try to waive it. But number one, you have to get everybody to agree. It has to be unanimous or you have to rely on the discretion of the court. And that's not guaranteed, right? The court may say, no, we think it should be in place. We, we're not going to accept waiving, waiving the bond. So it doesn't come up often, but it's something certainly to be aware of is that if you do not, if you're being asked uh, to administer in a state that's out of province, you may want to inquire as to, well, what are the bonding requirements or is there, you know, what can I get some legal advice as to how to avoid this particular situation? And and I'm curious with beneficiary consent, if there is a minor beneficiary involved, will the public trustee's office agree to waive bond in that scenario? Have you seen that happen before? I have not seen, yeah. in my experience, they haven't done it. I suspect they wouldn't. Like yeah. why, they're just taking risk and, and they're going to go, why would we do that? We'd rather yeah. make sure there's a protection for the minor. We also get into difficulties as what if one of the beneficiaries has a long-term disability? Right. Because of maybe some some mental incapacity, they're not even equipped to understand what they're signing. They can't sign that form, right? So the example I gave would be people who have full capacity to sign. So you raise an, an, an important point that everybody who's part of the estate may not be in a legal position to be able to sign that document, right? So now, mm -hmm. now you have to ask the court, would, you know, pretty please, can you make an exception to the rule? We do, I know in our wills that we draft, we have a clause in there saying that, that we don't, you know, anybody who is appointed and nominated in the will is not required to post security. So we can rely on that in our application to the courts. But I, it, it does, you know, certainly I, I had a I had a file, I think it was about five years ago, where we had that clause in the will, we relied on it, we asked the court, well, here's the circumstances where we can't get everybody to consent, will you please waive it? And they said no, 
right? So um, we had to go through that bonding process. We got it done, but it delayed the administration of the estate. And there was a invoice from the insurance company that we had to pay that could have been avoided. Right. Yeah. Well, and and just for our listeners to confirm, so you said, a, you know, just a ballpark range, 0.3 to 0.5% of the estate value. So that would give, you know, for our listeners, a million dollar estate, the cost could be between about three and 5,000. For a $10 million estate, maybe 30 to 50 grand. And that could be quite significant yeah. um, when you look at the the actual dollars being spent there. Yeah. And, and, and so getting back maybe a, a bit more on the planning side than the estate administration. This rule sometimes drives the conversation, hopefully in advance with the client to say, how can we avoid that scenario? So at the end of the day, when you're looking at who to appoint as the executor, who do you want to administer the estate? You want to pick the right person, first and foremost. I mean, if if you had somebody in Alberta you didn't trust um, versus somebody outside of Alberta you did trust, the obvious choice would be pick the person outside of Alberta and pay the in, in your you know in the million dollar estate that example three to five thousand dollars that would be money well spent versus the person in Alberta makes making a mess of the estate and you get into litigation and all the rest of it. I mean that would likely be the minimum retainer for the litigation lawyer to solve the problem. The problems that could happen if you didn't have a bond would could be significantly more than what you're paying. But it's usually easy to get around, especially if it's not a contentious situation. Everything is pretty straightforward. You know, you might be able to get somebody local who's in Alberta who would, in fact, be a co-executor together with that person. And then it solves the bonding problem, right? Yeah, certainly we may have touched on this on other episodes. My general recommendation would be at minimum, you need somebody in Canada because you want the estate to be resident Canadian for tax purposes. You don't want to appoint somebody in the States or some other country. Plus, that's a bit of a logistical issue, right, in terms of who's going to be there to sort of deal with things, right? It's it's very helpful to have kind of boots on the ground, if you will, somebody local to be able to do a bunch of work. And I've certainly been involved in situations where where it's rare, but I mean, it has come up where I've agreed to be co-executor simply to avoid the problem with regard to bonding, right? Because you're and, here. Uh, yeah, I'm here. I can help. And I'll just charge my time for for the additional time, but it's going to be less than the bonding requirement or having the estate delayed because we have to run around and try to get the bond in, in place and get the consent of the beneficiaries or otherwise have to fight about whether we need it or don't need it. Right. So um, there are circumstances that that there are some planning techniques to get around it, but just be aware the surrogate rules have this and the bond has to equal the value of the estate. So yeah, depending on the size of the estate, it could make a, you know quite a difference. And there could be some cost savings if you plan for this ahead of time, but just be aware of the rule, particularly if you're being asked to be an executor, you know, have some conversations about how can we best set this up to avoid that expense ahead of time. Um, if you find yourself in that situation, then see if you can get the consent of beneficiaries. If not, either an application, you know, then that can be part of the application of the court to have it waived. If it's not waived, then you have to run around and and get that bond and just you know that's part of of completing the administration of the of the estate well i think that's a great summary gordon i think um you summed it up well do the planning appropriately uh seek legal advice and uh, and if you are in a situation where you're acting as an executor from an out-of-province uh, jurisdiction then you can uh, seek out a, a bond from various insurers um so yes thank you this is a interesting topic short but sweet thank you to our listeners for tuning in please feel free to subscribe on wherever you listen to podcasts and we're also on YouTube if you want to see our lovely faces smiling and, uh, and talking. So uh, we look forward to our next episode.
Very good. Talk to you soon. See you.